This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I am a veterinarian and cat lover. Today I have something special for you all. I have Christine Delamore, who is the natural history editor for National Geographic, and she wrote an amazing article about small cats, and the article was called Out of the Shadows wild cats you have never seen. So we're going to explore with her her journey to see these amazing cats and this terrific experience that she had. But uh, first, I want a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Christine Delamore after these messages. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat, and I have Christine Delamore, and we're going to talk about small wild cats that you've never, ever heard of. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So set the stage for me a little bit on this stunning article that you did. Well, a lot of us know what a lion and a cheetah and a tiger are, but very few of us know that there are over 35 species of small cats around the world, from Australia to Europe to Africa. They're not as much seen. They're often nocturnal, so we tend to forget about them, but they're really beautiful, interesting species that any cat lover should know about, in addition to the big guys. So I really wanted to educate people about these amazing species that are little known. Well, and I love the way you said that the big cats take the lion's share of the attention. And because of that, they're not getting the same conservation efforts. So we're kind of 
going to give the little guys some time in the spotlight. So tell me about where you went. So for this story, I went to Europe. And you might not think of Europe as being a place for a lot of small wild cats, but it's actually home to two species of wild cat, the the lynx, European lynx, and also the Iberian lynx. And I went to a research area in Spain to see Iberian lynx in the wild. And this is a critically endangered species. There are very few, fewer than 300 alive in the whole world. So just being able to go there and see one of these was an incredible experience that most people will never get. That is fascinating. And everybody that's listening needs to check out this article because the photography is absolutely stunning. And I'm so jealous that you got to see this lynx. Didn't you see a mother lynx? I got to go to a wildlife park, actually, also in, in Paris or near Paris. And I saw many other wild species that were being kept at this wildlife park. So I saw the palace cat, which is the original grumpy cat on the internet. It has that kind of frowning expression. Uh, I saw a leopard cat. You know, a lot of these guys look almost like our own house cat, actually, because our house cat evolved from the Middle Eastern wild cat. So you can see a lot of similarities in your own cat at home with these wild cats. It is so fascinating. I was watching the videos in the article and thinking, wow, that looks like Scamper, my cat, yawning and stretching and doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. So there was a cat that you wrote about that actually weighs less than five pounds, the black-footed cat. Did you get to see a black-footed cat? No, actually, I didn't get to go to South Africa. That's where they live. But I talked to some experts who study them, and they seem like incredible creatures because they're so small, they have to be really feisty. That's basically their, their only defense in the wilds of Africa. So they're called the anthill tiger because they will viciously attack if confronted, even though they're so small. The other interesting thing about them is they travel a lot. So when you think about your house cat at home, just kind of lazing around and sleeping, small wild cats are always on the move because they have to be cognizant of predators. So they don't stay in one place very long. They're constantly trotting, usually at night, to uh, stay you know, undercover and not be noticed by predators. That is so interesting. I talk a lot in my, my blogs and articles and videos that I share about think about who your cat is and think about what cats in the wild do and try to provide enrichment for your pet cat because our pet cats are couch potatoes and that's not really who they are. They're not so far removed from these wild cousins. So I think that's awesome that you got to go to Spain and meet some of these people that are doing these conservation efforts. What other kinds of things did you learn? One of the things I learned about Iberian lynx is that they're very territorial. And that might be true for your house cat, too. You know, they tend to have their favorite person and kind of protect them. And the same goes for the lynx. They have very established territories where they don't cross each other's territory. They scent market or actually poop market a lot. So I got to see a lot of scat on my trip of all the various <laughs> edges of the territory. <laughs> and interestingly, the females and the males have their own territory, and the males will sometimes enter the female's territory. But they're also, not surprisingly, very solitary animals. You know, most, most cat species in the world are solitary. There's not, I think lions are one of the few species that actually hang out a lot together. So everyone knows that your cat at home is often pretty independent, and the same thing goes for wild cats. 
Well, that is absolutely fascinating. So I read in your article that Asia has lots of small wildcats that are actually kind of threatened. Can you discuss that a little bit? Sure. So in Asia, there's a lot of deforestation and development for palm oil plantations. That's very widespread throughout tropical areas of Asia, like Indonesia, for example. And unfortunately, wildcats have a certain habitat that they that they need. You know, they need streams, they need trees, they need certain kinds of prey. And if that is destroyed, then they have they can have a hard time surviving. That said, there's also evidence that wildcats are adaptable. And in my article, I talk about one wildcat. I believe it's um, in India that is very comfortable hanging out in cities and um, even like sneaking in in the middle of the night and grabbing a fish from a fish pond. So the good thing is a lot of them can learn to live and kind of work around human development, but a lot of them are also threatened by it. And it's something that it's important to learn that, you know, um, if you buy palm oil products, it can be impacting their wild habitat. Well, since I have been working on this show, I kind of started looking at some of the stuff that I eat, and I'm stunned to see that there are items in my home that have palm oil, and I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) I got to get rid of that. I can't buy this anymore because it's impacting these amazing creatures. So loss of habitat is a big factor, and I also understand that poaching for skins has impacted some of these cat species in the past. Is that getting better? It is getting better. I talked about, I think it was a Chinese mountain cat that was heavily poached for its in in recent decades, but that seems to have improved somewhat. So the main concern for wildcats is definitely habitat loss in general. Uh, There is some localized poaching in South America and other parts of the world, but it's not as, as much of a concern. The other thing is we don't really know enough about wildcats. You know, there's not enough research being done. The bay cat, for example, is one of the least known wildcats in the world. We don't know the basic elements of its biology, which is incredible when you think about how well-known you know, a tiger is, for example. There aren't very many. Do we even know how many bay cats there are? We don't. We have no idea. That is absolutely as, fascinating. Yeah. And as, as you mentioned earlier, that there isn't a lot of funding. You know, the, there's a lot of nonprofits that give millions of dollars to save the tiger, but these little guys sort of suffer in violence because there's no one that's really fighting for them. And we need to change that because every species is valuable. We can't lose something and not really even realize it. So you said something about the original grumpy cat. And I read in the article about someone said that the internet cat videos were kind of making a difference for some of these cats. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So the palace cat is Uh, the one that I'm referring to, it has kind of a grumpy expression. It lives in Afghanistan and other countries in that region. And it has a very strange behavior. It kind of scuttles around like a crab because it lives in rocks and mountainous areas and doesn't have sort of the the normal lifestyle that most wildcats do. And videos of it doing the scuttling behavior have popped up on the internet. And because of that, more people are learning what a palace cat is. And I talked to scientists who said, if that is helping improve the profile of the species and get people interested in it, then that's the best possible outcome, educating the world through cat videos, basically. 
I love it. I love cat videos. And I think that maybe even this show may help with the conservation efforts. And certainly the entire article is on nationalgeographic.com. And everyone that's listening, you have to see these images and these videos. They are so cool. And if you love cats, you will definitely love this article. You also have kind of a blog, I think, isn't it called Weird and Wild? Yes. Yeah, that is the place where I write and edit stories about amazing animal behavior. Not just cats, pretty much anything under the sun. I love Weird and Wild. I think that's awesome and fascinating. So what else can you share that might inspire some of our listeners to find out more about these small cats? Well, I think it's good to think about your own cat at home and how it evolved from the Middle Eastern wildcat about 10,000 years ago, probably somewhere in Mesopotamia, and realize that there are similarities between your pet and the wild animals and that it's important to, like you said earlier, conserve every species in the ecosystem because everyone has a role and contributes to the life cycle and keeping nature healthy. So if our own cat can inspire us to learn about wildcats, then that's exactly what my goal was. Well, I love that too. And my own cat fascinates me. And on these wildcats are even more fascinating. So I would encourage everyone to find out more about these species. There are how many species of small cats did you say? It's about 36 or 37. Wow. It, it depends that's... on, you know, there's a lot of genetic differences and, and discussions. But yeah, 36 or 37. And they're all beautiful, and they all deserve as much time in the spotlight as lions and tigers get. So I thank you so much for joining us here today, and I want to encourage everyone to look you up and find out more about all the interesting conservation and all of the interesting subjects that you write about. And I want to remind everybody, it's nationalgeographic.com. And Christine Delamore, thank you so much, Christine, for being with me today. Thanks. I had a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for us today on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. And I would like to thank you all for listening today and also to thank our producer, Mark Winter. And I hope you all have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.